This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over Westside, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for Westside niggas. Nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money. Yo, what up, though? Shaman J. Johnson, aka the Tinfoil Hat Titan. AKA the conspiracy realist, AKA the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles, AKA I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, AKA. The West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? It's your man, Dang. Three underscores, three one three. The West Side landlord, the pride of PA. High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador. Your mama's favorite dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It's the honorable Judge Boss Dame and his bitch. All rise. Let's go. Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 353. On, on you hoes. Uh, back, niggas. You feel me? I dropped one there. I dropped the episode dropped this the morning. One. Just because. Well, Shout out to... Technically, is yesterday when you listening to this now. But shout out to the homie B Scar. Okay, yeah. Make yeah, sure y'all go out special. to the winter showcase tonight, um, from eight to two a.m. Okay. Yeah. We got we got all the ad. We'll include the address or something in the notes. We got to support the homie. I mean, it was a whole podcast about it. Okay, so listen to the podcast. You get all the details, and then show up and support some hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, man, how, how was your week, my brother? Week was good, man. I had some I had some interesting things happen to me this week. Uh, you care to share? I do. I do. Share with the class. So I use that at work. It's not going over well. My people at work hate me. I can imagine the whole, my you're boss not a likable li- person. My boss just if like I didn't it, know you for so long, I, I don't know. My boss know? just said it again to me today. She's like, I got another complaint about you today. <laughs> After I emailed her about a complaint somebody has sent about me, they hate me. Damn, I, you are on extremely thin ice. You feel me? I didn't even know that you was going. They was going to pick up your contract. You I didn't feel either. me? And I was so happy when they. Because if y'all remember the um, the the Mason the car full of kids episode, wasn't this person like related to something or something like that? You told a story on here like. There, I, I feel like there may be some some <laughs> they knew a, a family member or maybe <laughs> maybe but but God blocked that yeah. but <laughs> they don't like me so I gotta I gotta I gotta work on some shit at work she gave me some tips on how to like try and connect with my people how to be like a better person <laughs> like look <dang. laughs> they think I'm a bit of a jerk and I'm really not I'm like I'm a nice person if you like fuck with my personality. You have a nickname. It's called Dirtbag Dame. It is. Oh, okay. All right. So, I'm, anywho, so your story. I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. 
So, man, you ever like, <laughs> so every now and again, you know, just in our line of work where we be at, we meet a lot of women. That's a fact. So like, it'd be a lot of women in and out the studio, inquiring, DMs, and I mean, not even on no wild shit, just like questions, concerns, comments about the show, you know, dropping their opinions, they drop shit in our DMs, and it's all love, because I appreciate when people talk to me, because I'm an actual real person, nobody else runs none of my accounts, so I talk back when when people speak back to me so i had an interaction and it's been you know how like <laughs> you said this bitch <laughs> no no no, no. I, had, I had an interaction and, and i was gonna say you know how like sometimes you interact like somebody's your friend on social media you've never met them before you've never seen them in real life but y'all probably been interacting for years yeah and like that's your that's your your nigga on twitter now if you saw him in real life it'd be like oh shit what up yeah so anyway it's this person a young woman i've been interacting with back and forth on twitter well not on twitter on the gram yeah we we mutually follow each other she got like a, a huge following like seventy five thousand people all right so whatever we ended up just being in the same space i'm picking up some food and she and like we kind of make the like i know you from somewhere where i don't know you and I hate we, when it happened when y'all both know exactly where y'all know each other I didn't, from. And in, in, in the minute, I, in the moment, I didn't because she wasn't like, mm. you know, on. You know, women are two different people. So <laughs> yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't the the seventy five thousand on social media, and like the she's real stank. Like her attitude. Yeah. Like, Who is you? You one of my followers? <laughs> it was like that. it was just like, are we really like? It's not even like that. Like I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to push up all to get you on my platform or nothing. Like I don't, I don't want nothing from you. It's just like, hey, I recognize. Let me see your Instagram though. <laughs> I, I, I show it to you. Yeah, I show it to you. But it's like, come on, man. Like, why, why? Stank. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't get oh, it. and and another thing, I did shout out to my homegirl Gayla. She gonna come in and sit with us on one of these podcasts. She smoked and she put me up on this dispensary in Hamtramck. And normally I was trying to stay the fuck. I don't, I don't really go to Hamtramck unless like I got to. You know what I'm What's saying? What's wrong with Hamtramck? It's nothing wrong with it, but like it's that's Hamtramck. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a spit in the middle of the city. You in and out. Man, I love Hamtramck. They man. do got a good ass pizza spot of Michi's in Hamtramck. That uh, pizza is good as fuck. I just got fine memories before my grandfather passed. He used to drive us through because his mother lived in Hamtramck. Okay, and um, just going over there through a car wash through there, and I didn't realize <laughs> she used to stay in these apartments over there, and I didn't, and it was a very distinct smell in her apartment. Everything was always nice and clean. I just remember everything being like pink and shit. I didn't understand what that smell was until I got older and recognized that it was Raid, actually. Oh. So she <laughs> Trying to keep it down. <laughs> yeah. Keep the neighbors down. That's crazy. It'd but be I like that in the park. I never see a bug over there. Maybe that's why. That's Yeah, that's the fuck why, because she's, <laughs> yeah. she's putting it in. But yeah, I like Hamtramck, man. I got fine memories. Okay, well, I don't really fuck with Hamtramck unless I got to, but this dispensary is amazing. Oh, I think she gets some real estate in Hamtramck, because... You think that's the next gent... You can't gentrify Hamtramck. It's a lot of space over there, and it's a lot. It's a lot of opportunity in Hamtramck. I've been looking at buildings too, low key. Uh, a lot of opportunity in Hamtramck. One thing I am, I've never been inside. Well, I've been in one house in Hamtramck, but like when I see them little row houses close together, I just kind of wonder like what the layout look like in that motherfucker because that bitch got to be more space. It's got to be like a deceiving level of space. 
Yeah, I think they more uh, deep. Yeah, and, then yeah. And I just want to see. I just want to walk around one and kind of because that that, refer, that might be the secret. They used to refer to them as shotgun houses. Have you ever heard that term? Nah. Uh, well, I used to refer to shotgun houses as if like you can literally take a shotgun and shoot from the front of the house all the way through the back of the house. I forget what I was watching, and they was explaining that. There's a bunch of Baltimore and different different careers, but yeah. Okay, because I've been looking at like row houses in Philly, and they they long and not tall. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to live in a row house. Like That's you know, they I mean. they like. They cool the whole nine yards. Like I don't. Well, I think it's just a local thing. Like we don't have those here, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to adjust. I was just like I be. I, I like to look at a lot of you know real estate throughout the day. Like the uh, the condos on, on in Southfield on like um, I guess that's like Evergreen, ten mile, eleven mile, and shit. Nice condos, you know right. what I'm saying? But they just like right, right, right next to each other and shit. Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. We knew somebody that lived up over there. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, in any event, man, we got we, guests, man. We got guests in the building this week. You know yeah, what I'm man. Saying? We, we got, got a room full of, of uh, hip hop Kendrick spirits. Yeah. Here. So I'm gonna let y'all fellas go ahead and introduce yourselves, and then we're gonna get off into the meat and potatoes of this shit. Uh, yo, my name's Isaac Caster. Uh, I'm an MC. Uh, Want to be producer in the making, maybe one day, but just <laughs> MC right now. Uh, uh, from Ann Arbor, Michigan, but uh, mo- lived in Detroit for about almost four years now. So okay, <clears throat> foul mouth represent River Rouge, producer, MC, engineer. Um, yeah, that might be the first time we've ever had somebody say represent River Rouge. <laughs> that might be a first. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, we're touched from. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just roll with it. I'm the yeah. first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, I'm going to take the credit for it. That's the we'll, first time I've heard it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah. Come on, Pat. What up, though? Pat Triple Three, uh, representing Dearborn Heights. Um, basically, Lieutenant of the Arms of Detroit Hip Hop. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that title. I'll take that title. Yeah. That's fair. We, we are ha- glad to have you gentlemen here in the building. Uh, Thank you. We How y'all weeks been? All right, I guess. <laughs> Mine's been pretty good. Um, what we done? I've just been like doing like music promotion stuff because uh, we got this album dropping in two weeks. Rabbit Hole Two. Okay. Um, but we've been getting a lot of like good placements on Shade Forty Five this week. Um, I make your week feel good. You feel me? Yeah. On a personal level, work's been kind of tough, but it's Friday, so that's behind me now. You made it through the week. Yep. You made it through. We're here. And your boss probably don't hate you like they hate they. <laughs> they probably do. They just haven't expressed it to me yet. Like. It sounds like like I'm always expecting someone to be like, "Hey, this person has a problem with you," because I, I don't know, maybe I don't need to be putting all this out there. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, don't let me get, let Let's me get you. Hold in it back. <laughs> I don't know who's watching this shit, man. <laughs> a lot of people promise that. Right. You guys ever have coworkers that like creep on you and like type your names in and be like, "Oh, I saw your podcast." Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Yeah, I keep lying <laughs> to my music all the time. Absolutely, and I just don't even ign- I, I act like they didn't say anything to me. <laughs> it's weird because they're not like following you or like looking at you like that. They're a coworker, and then they know about it and have looked, but it's just strange because they usually approach you about it like they're waiting for you to express your opinion about it during the hours of 9 to 5 30 i don't know what the fuck you're talking about like and i'm going to act like you are just not even talking to me yeah I've yep been <laughs> consistently lying to somebody at work i have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that ain't me i had a security Isaac gig for a few years and i had my couple guys i fuck with heavy but there's the fake cops 
Man, that's something. That's a little. They got I, access I, to a little bit different information. Yep. It, the thing that's crazy though was the the few people I fucked with were artists. Hmm. They were like how I was. They're like, all right, this is it's an easy gig. I'm kind of trying to keep it easy and simple. And um, th- those few people were cool as fuck, man. But the rest of them were like, they thought they were trying to be like the lieutenant of Dearborn Heights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get the fuck out of here, It's a weak-ass title to have. <laughs> shit was, most of them were going to be cops and shit. And just the way they acted, they acted like cops. That's a, that, that's a bad, <laughs> that's a bad omen. Yeah. <laughs> but that them, you want to be a future Dearborn Heights police officer. Oh, uh, yeah. Them fuckers are be- the ones that would ask me, though. They'd be like, oh, see, you, you make music. I want better for you, brother. <laughs> just the way just being approached like that. I'm already done. <laughs> nope, I don't. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. And Pat, shout out to you, man. You've been rocking with us for a long time. Yeah, man. man. We, we appreciate you, man. And I know Glad you help you faci- facilitate get cor- getting uh, Corona in here to talk to us. Shout out to Miss Corona and the music that she got moving out there. Yeah. So, so and we we appreciate it. It's a long time coming, and I mentioned that to you up to, coming up the elevator. You know, Pat like one of them social media friends. We've been interacting for years, you know, but just never never got you in the building with us. So we're glad to have you out. Thank you. Now, Isaac, you you jump right on into it, man. You you got a new project coming out. Yep. Uh, the Rabbit Hole Two, produced entirely by Foulmouth. Me on all the raps. Uh, dropping. February third. That's two three two three. Uh, two two three. <laughs> my favorite. Yep. Jordan album date. <laughs> okay. I was speaking of the bullet. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Cool. That works too. You know, Isaac, I got hip to your music. Uh, one night, I just happened to be with some friends of mine. We fell through to the old Miami, and uh, just happened to be some hip hop shit going on that evening. And you were rapping, and you said you dropped a line where it was uh, like you know how you just with your homies, you know, at the bar, just kind of, kind of surveying the room, and you dropped a bar about make you leave rap like a uh, slim the mobster left rap, some something to that extent. <laughs> and I was like the one that was like, who, who who's so up who's there rapping? <laughs> yeah, like like who's man? Yeah, who up there rapping? And like by the end of the song. You know, I'm like this. I'm like, okay. So I, I've been familiar with some of your music now for maybe, you know, it's probably about a year or two ago when I first saw you perform. So I'm a little bit more familiar with, with some of the catalog. I like what you and Foulmouth are doing where it's a producer, one producer, one MC, because you don't see that a lot of times in, in hip hop anymore. Like you just send me some beats or yeah. Even me and you were talking about the barrier of entry being a lot le- being a lot lower now yeah. in hip hop. Yep. Where when I first started rapping, you had to know somebody that did beats, and then you had to be out and like networking and meet producers because pro- beats weren't just a. The internet was still the wild wild west. Beats weren't just out there like yeah, that. Yeah, and you had to be cool enough to go to their house. Yeah, you feel me? Because like. <laughs> I Everybody live with didn't my have mom in the basement. So you like you in somebody's bedroom or something. You just can't have like. I mean, low key, I have been in a bunch of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wild. I mean, but, we're kind of taking it back to that though. Like that's basically the way we work. Is like out of his basement. He we record. He mixes, masters everything. Like, yeah, I don't know if you've seen right any of the, like the footage from like Bizarre's documentary did, album they did. did. But like, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely not glamorous, but <laughs> definitely like my best sounding shit I've ever made. Still, so like, yeah, anytime people are like, you gotta pay eighty dollars an hour to go here, and it's like. But it's organic that way. You yeah, know what I'm saying? We keep one, it that way. One producer, one MC, and y'all make a cohesive sound. I think I was watching like some old clips in Timberland. They were asking Timberland, like, look, how are you making 300000 half a million for a beat? He was like, y'all young kids do it the wrong way. 
He said, y'all just send out a bunch of beats and there's no value in that. He said, I actually went to the studio. We craft something tailor made just for that artist while I'm there in the studio. And that's why I could charge what I charge. And you don't you don't get a lot of that. But when you work with a producer, it's just I'm sure you got some beats in the vault and y'all just playing, trying to find ideas. Mm -hmm. But I can also Isaac can probably also come to you like, look, I heard this. See what you can do with it. And y'all go and create from there. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's either that or I'll hit them up like the day before and be like, "Yo, what do you got going on tomorrow?" I'm like, "Nothing." I'm like, "I just made a beat. It's perfect for you." And eight out of ten times, if I say that to them, because I know a sound, we've we've got seventy five songs together now. You know, like yeah. working probably, together. Literally, we probably got seventy five songs together. And uh, just after so long, it's just easy for me to know what ones are going to be going towards them. Okay. Man, I do a lot of that. That's one actually. of his specialties, though, man. I watch it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll sit there and he'll do, like, two or three joints with somebody. And uh, he'll see how they turn out or whatever. And then he'll f he'll figure their sound out. Mm. He'll crank out, like, six or seven in a week. And then, boom. You know what I mean? Man, I'm glad we got some, some, some hip-hop lovers in the building. Uh, so something happened. Uh, I don't know. I came across it like two days ago, and I just want to get y'all feedback on, it, especially as like a rapper and a, as a producer. So, um, J Cole was on the internet, and he said he was bored, couldn't think of anything, so he went on YouTube and typed in J Cole type beat, and um, there was a beat by a uh, YouTube uh, a producer who puts music on YouTube, and um, he rapped over the beat. Uh, sent in the song and said like use this oh, wow. and and the song is fire is it? and it's basically just saying like uh, like I've been there too where like you got all this talent you don't got the outlet and I'm like man that got to feel like fucking uh, amazing uh, what are y'all thoughts on that I thought that was super dope. Like, if I was at the level of J. Cole's where people were making Isaac Caster type beats, like, I would definitely have interest in, like, seeing what people were making. And I'm sure I would find something down the road that would speak to me. So it's dope that the first one he clicked on, he was able to come up with something after being in a creative slump. The first one? Yeah. He's like, this is the first one. And he just wrote to it. And the song was pretty much like, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I found this when I was in a rut and yeah. this helped me get out the rut and told him like, here, take it. This is yours. Right. Post this shit on the internet, do whatever. And then everybody, of course, is listening to this song a million times. And now they're going through his, yep. his catalog of beats. And now he has like different opportunities that weren't that he there. didn't have before. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. I seen it. I seen it a couple days ago and I seen people talking about him. And a couple people from Detroit said they had beats from him, from the dude. I'll say this. If the beats dope and the tracks dope, dope. But the reason why it's not expected is because going at it that way is whack. No matter how you look at it, if you're making tight beats and putting them on, on the internet and somebody's like, yo, that's whack, that's because it's whack. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm glad my man lucked out. But if you're solid enough to where J. Cole can listen to the beat and know that idea he had for it, because I'm sure he came up with the idea first. He didn't, I, I mean, I'm guessing. Or he came up with the idea when he went to the beat. But when the idea hit, the shit hits right? right so the one out of a million i'm i'm happy for that um because if you're dope you deserve what you deserve 
But if you're dope and you're just doing tight beats, what the fuck is the point? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not to sound like a dick. Yeah. But if you're dope, then then go then do what you got to do to show that you're dope as an individual. But what I think a lot of people do though is I think a lot of people just make beats without a I'm gonna make a J Cole type beat direction in mind, and then just for the algorithm's sake, because they know people will search that, Fact. they'll title it that, even though it might not even really be a J Cole type beat. Of of course, but it's so whack that we started it. We started <laughs> off our first way, conversation with it. That's yeah. how whack it is because it's so unexpected. If mm. if he didn't do it, and I we just all start talking about tight beats, that's all you got to say. You don't have to put the word behind it. Yeah, you you're part in, of that bullshit. You ever go in there because you can type in Detroit tight beat. Yep, and and some, <laughs> some of this shit sounds like it, it beat. Yeah, and you're like, yo, this is dope, yeah. right? Get off of that. You're if you're dope, go be dope. Go be an individual. Yeah, so, Instead, so, you're stuck so, with so, all so those how, people. So how do you get hurt in that case? When you're a producer and you see the market is saturated with production, how do you stand out enough to get hurt? Well, that's the difference. Do you want to be a producer or do you want to be a beat maker? Because if you just sit at home, you make beats, and those are some tight beats that go on, and you don't produce for nobody, yeah. you're actually, I guess, technically just a beat maker, right? I mean, you're a, you're a producer, but you're not a producer of music. You're a producer of half the music. Like I said with him, if I go home tonight, I've got so many people I work with closely. I'm going to make a beat. I'm going to know who it fits. And eight out of 10 times, four out of five times, they're picking that beat because of sound, the time we put in to do it. Like you were talking about, they don't get together no more and make music. You know, what's interesting is because um, I I think we're around the same age range. I know you're a little bit younger than myself, probably uh, 10 years or so. Yeah, I'm uh, 27. All right, well, a little bit 40, more. So a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Fuck, let's just get it all out there. I'm 39. Okay. So, like, we kind of grew up in a different era, and, like, the type of music that you listen to and how we did things is a little bit different. So I wonder how how does it feel from – because I look at some shit, and I'm like, man, I don't like this shit. Yeah. But I'm, like, the grumpy old man sometimes. Like, yo – it's not holler. It's not holler. Like you know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't like so much shit. It's ridiculous. I'm the same way though too. If if I don't like it, I'm gonna speak it like it's a fact and not my yeah. own opinion. I feel you. Like but, I mean, we we do sh- like it's authentic. You know what I'm saying? It's like about the music, you know, and about the culture. It's not about chasing a bag or. You know, you hope the bag shit. comes. That's why. It's, that's why with that shit, like I, I'm glad my man got it because if the track is fire, you deserve that. Yeah. But in his case, if you're dope, you have to be a tight producer. You can't just go be dope. Start your page. Start not working with other artists. This thing, it, it's already the easiest shit in the world to do. That's actually kind of just some lazy shit to do, right? I'll just put tight beat on there and hope and just and roll with it. Listen, there's cats that are going on there and they're just like sampling a, a six second loop mm-hmm. and they're looking at the cats that are number one and two on beat stars and they're, they're hitting them up on their dms on uh, like instagram and shit mm-hmm. and they're selling them those po ass loops that me you anybody could do and you know and they're getting the credit for it and they're getting three hundred thousand dollars and shit you know yeah I mean? that's just fucking crazy it's just so difficult man where the barrier injury is so low that now there are literally one million New beats or whatever you say. Yeah, I mean, songs. 100,000 songs yeah, even, every day. Even the producers are dime a dozen right. now. So now. All you need is a mic and an interface, and you you in the game. So yeah. if I'm producing, right, I put my regular shit in there, but every once in a while, I throw my tight beat in there just to hit the algorithm so somebody can subscribe to me mm-hmm. and hear my regular shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, uh, we had Lando in here, right? And he was talking about when they signed a deal, 
and how everything was so slow through the record label. Like, no, nah, it got to be a wave file. He wanted to send an MP3. He like, listen, we don't give a fuck about how it sounds. I know when I upload this shit, I'm going to make $180,000 in the next se- the next six weeks or whatever. That's what I care about. Then I'm like, well, what about the art form and all the other shit? But it's like, yo, if the kid who want to upload that shit ain't worried about that and they really just want to make $180,000. Right. I had to switch my my opinion because I'm like, well, no, that's not that's not what we doing. But like, no, that's not what you doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get paid, and it's like, well, damn. And if that's and getting the, paid, and yeah. if that's where the the quote unquote where the eyes at, or what the where the popularness is at, I don't know because there's a whole bunch of people across the country looking for a Detroit type beat because yep. Detroit got the wave. Detroit and Memphis got uh, the wave right now, so they looking for that. Mm-hmm. Just how we they was looking for the quote unquote. The Migos beats yeah. in the day. I want to. I want to use that two and two flow on everything. It's to me trying to sound exactly like another person is whack to me. Yep. But like when that's the wave, like how do I tell you? Don't be popular. Right. Well, it depends on every, all them kids are different. Like you just said, there might be somebody who found their niche to it. Yeah. And they're making this money off it. I can't hate on that. But a lot of them are. Well, I don't know people. And it's like, well, it's because you grew up in a fucking lifestyle where you sat at home and played your fucking video games. You didn't leave the house. And now you think interacting with humans for rap music works that way. Now, that's the problem the I've got with this shit. Now we sound uh, like grumpy old men. No, but it's, a, but it's, a, whole, but it's <laughs> a giant bunch of people. And it's but like, like he said, that's a, that's a version of it. There's yeah. a version of it. So every version of these people that are in there, that's the problem I've got with. Now, if you've got somebody who's busting their ass and they're doing great and he's like, oh, like you said, you're like, I stuck a couple in there just for the algorithm. And it's working and they're doing their thing. You can't hate on that. Well, you're doing your thing. I don't got nothing against you. But he, like he said, for the kid who doesn't know how to how to find these people during this era, you should be able to find your fucking you can find people from out of state that your your family member is. They end up being your brother and you'd even know it. So there's no reason so, for, for you to not be able to find people to make music. That's a wild connection. So <laughs> so are you saying like if I'm if I'm Producer B on the internet, and I just I'm just uploading beats. It's better for me just to connect, find a rapper in my neighborhood, and let's build a sound. No, 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 not necessarily for that person or or in general. If you need to find whatever your niche is to get you there, but if you're just gonna be a tight producer, because that's what that's seventy percent of the shit. Mm-hmm. Then I I got you got to knock that part. Like yo, you, you got to do more than that. Now if you're somebody who's dope, all right. Prime example. Let's say we linked up, right? And you're incredible at making beats. I'm going fucking nuts. But you had tight beats on the internet. Too. We got to talk gonna, about this the whole interview. We, we, <laughs> no, we're not going to no. care. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to care. They know you're dope. You're doing your thing. You're already working. There's no knock on that because you're already fresh and you're proving it. And you're doing more than just that. But for the kids who only do that, I don't got no props for that. Okay. Fair enough. And the way I look at it, man, is like I don't hate on none of this shit. I hope everybody gets successful and what they want to do. But you know what I'm saying? We grew up in the golden era, man, and it's just like that's just all, that's what all it I is. Gotta say, man. It was better then. Right. It was better then. It was just different. Like I don't. I, I know it's easier, and like you don't have to go through as much shit. But like sometimes you need to go to fucking boot camp to be ready for war. Yep. Like it. It just felt different then. Like going going to open mics three days out the week yep. to like 
See if the song even work. Yeah. See if your peers even care enough to pay you some attention while you on stage. Did this mix work over a speaker. Yeah. <laughs> it was harder to earn it then. That's why. That's why the grumpy old man thing happens. Yeah, it's going to happen to the kids that are twenty five right now. They're going to do it when they're forty. You had to network. You had you had to go out and meet people. And guess what? Make fucking friends yep. and sometimes make enemies. Yeah. I think you really still do. Like I mean, I know some people blow up on the internet and they they're they got the whole internet thing and they might stretch on stream on twitch like all the time and shit but like for me my shit didn't really start to take off until i got more into the detroit scene and started actually like going to shows in the city like i went to i grew up in ann arbor and then went to western michigan for four years so i was like disconnected from like being in the scene in person i knew a few rappers and producers out here but um i really think there's still so much value for it i was yeah but they're the scene in kalamazoo is just not the same you're both though you're you're something different for your age like you were actually on stage with cats that were my age when you were 13 so like what you went through a lot of people your age didn't go through that you actually see it from both between like these smaller scenes in michigan like the ann arbor scene the kalamazoo scene like i feel like the detroit scene is its own thing and like unless you come out here and connect with people and meet people like they're not gonna know who you are. Or check you for I you. I also yeah. think there's two different Detroit scenes. Yeah, there's yes, like the that's very different. The street rap scene. Yep. That's the big um, scene. That's the main scene. Yeah, yep. main you gotta scene, accept that. But there's and then you got like the underground scene that was still viable and it's still dangerous. Absolutely. Yep. But yep. I don't even know what to, to even to call it like underground. I just call it like a, the, the, the 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 hip hop boom bap like yep, that's that all. shit where you may go downtown and nobody knows who you are but you can go tour overseas that, you feel absolutely. me yeah. and like yeah. people know who you are you yeah. scored in movies and stuff and i'll be like y'all don't know <laughs> like to me i feel like that's a that's a life that's an incredible life yep. you know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> it's a hard life though baby it, it's hard so <laughs> i i knew somebody that used to sing well he does still sing like backup for dwelle okay and I mean, it's a good gig. Yeah. He he traveled, right? Just saying. But and for rapping though, like when I think I hold a very really a very tight skill set that has been paying me for twenty years, I ain't had a regular job because I rap and I perform. It's and a I, great job. I go That's there, a great life for me. And then I see somebody who you may feel don't have the same skill as you, and you get put on a list like, who is this guy? Get him out of here. We never heard of this guy. And then you got like 40 names of like 19-year-olds you've never heard of, and like insert classic Detroit artists are here like, Yo, what is this shit? But, but, so but you got to feel a certain way. You may be, but as classic Detroit artists, like when I'm looking, at, if I'm 40-plus 40 40-plus 40 year old rapper who's been making a viable living off of rap for 20 years, when I look at these kids, when I look at these children, like you all hope to have what I have right now. It's cool in the moment. But like I got long, like I've made a career out of this. I've never had to punch the clock for somebody else. You hope to have this. Yep. Y'all not punching the clock because you're scamming. It go both like, ways, though, because this legendary person hopes to have the ears on my music how some of these people got because right now it's if it's coming from detroit we own it yeah like i wish that shit was like that 10 years ago and and think about it too like a lot of these young cats that are actually street cats they're rich man <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> they got way more fans yeah it's it's bro hip they've come scammed on, their just, way to the top well it's it's what the kids love and unfortunately we don't we don't get the it's not ours no more you know what I'm saying? Like when it when it comes to being it, 35 and up, it is ours still. But like, That's there's ours, more. But we but have ours. No, no. But there's still there's just more more listeners in the marketplace. That's, That's all. 
You, you got to think about this too. You had we from an age where you had to go out and search for hip hop. You know, you know yep. what I'm saying. It wasn't. I, I couldn't just pick up my yeah, phone. No, you had to find it. Yeah, I had to go places that had rap music. If it had a sticker on it, I had to take somebody with me. Like the it was. It was less accessible. It was a secret society. It was a smaller group. Yeah, but of I don't want to do that shit no more. I don't want to. Uh, now I can put that shit on the internet and we gonna get this shit off. You feel me? Music feels different to me that way. And fuck the like. This is just some grumpy old man shit. I used to like looking through the fucking CD and seeing the pictures and the words. And I shit. get it, but don't about. I, I understand that of anybody. I just cracked open a, a brand new vinyl of Steelmatic today. You feel me? Cause brand new? Brand new. It just Fuck came in the you. mail today. You feel me? But where'd you find it? I bought it on uh one of these. I, I'm I'm subscribed to it. Oh man, that's a that's a good find. Yeah. But you know, it's sometimes you know I know if I was younger and people older than me just kept telling me how much they shit was better than mine. I'd be like, all right, nigga, damn. Like, I don't want to hear that shit no that's, more. Hey, think about it. That's what they did to us. For sure. It's yeah. every era of music. It's always going to happen. So, like, with hip-hop, you just got to accept that it's... I, I mean, I don't really see... this. It's different, like hip hop and and uh, what the street right. shit. Like yeah. it's 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 a whole different thing. I, I don't see it as the same thing, but they're all subgenres of the same thing. Yeah. We, so you know, yeah, still cousins, man. And you got to accept it. You know yep. what I'm saying? We don't hate on. We just you know we're all about that grimy soul shit. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. And, shit. and as much as I bar- like, I like some. I like a lot of the young dudes. I like I like what they do. It. I think you like the idea of some of that shit, but I don't think you really like that shit. Do I like it as much as I like my old shit? Like, I was just listening to old school Ice Cube death certificate on the way up here. I like that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I like my hip-hop talking about drugs, guns, and all type of shit kids shouldn't listen to. I like that shit. (laughs) That's that's current DJ Street rap right now. (laughs) Shit your kids should listen to. It's totally different in the way it's being told the stories are told differently it's, it's, it's different and i think a lot of it's different too is because the people that we looked up to as kids like it's different when you're looking up to somebody they're seven eight years older than you they're automatically more knowledgeable than you are you believe in them more the character is more believable than you see in some kid that's 20 years younger and you can't tell you shit yeah like how do you just believe him yeah. you can't tell me shit you, you, i don't even know if you ever lived on your own how the fuck <laughs> can you tell me anything Isaac, <laughs> that's real shit uh i have a question isaac so how did you kind of uh so reading through your bio and um the art different artists that you work with it is some classic detroit like i'm like oh this is all the shit that i listen to and i always i, I always fuck with Hell yeah. uh how did two questions how did you kind of craft your current sound and what was the stage that you got on second part what was the stage that you got on was like yo i can't believe i'm on this stage it could have been a showcase it could be anything like I I'm on here with people that I respect. Um, so I'm sorry. What was the first part of that question? How you how did you craft your? Oh yeah, right. Um, so I would say the place where I'm at now, he's played a big role in it. Um, just the way like I go about like crafting songs and that sort of thing. Like even just working through the process of this album, I feel like I've had to learn a lot as far as like getting better at writing hooks and just taking my bars to the next level. But like stylistically, I've kind of like, I don't know. I've always been into the underground lyrical shit. Like when I was like in fifth grade, like Lupe Fiasco was just coming out and like that sort of shit was like, damn, I don't even know half the words you're saying, but it just sounds really <laughs> cool over the beat. Fruit and liquor was an amazing album. Yeah, man. So was the cool. Those first two the albums cool? are fucking great. Um, 
anyway yeah and then like i started like getting like kind of like i came up through that scene as well the lyrical more boom bap side um and then started making friends really in all different types of genres but also like started trying to make some more like commercial sounding shit like during my college years um and ended up back to kind of like what really made me want to start loving to do it in the first place like when you're just making music to like fit in with trends or try to like get something that'll play in the club or something chicks are gonna like like i don't know it's just not as exciting and fun for me it's just making like the type of music that i really like to listen to so mm. uh so we were talking about the the producers because five off you are a rapper as well as a producer oh i forgot to answer the second part oh. of your question too about the stage uh sorry i don't know if i can go back to that after this or not but i just no, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead uh so like probably the like one crazy stage moment that jumps out of me was like so I got acquainted with Stack Selecta in 2011, mm -hmm. uh, my freshman year of high school. Um, and like two years later, he came with Joey Badass on a tour stop to the Crowfoot in Pontiac. Um, and so I got to go out there and chill with them in the uh, green room, Flatbush Zombies, Underachievers, uh, Joey Badass and Pro Era. Um, got to listen to a lot of uh, Stack Selecta's album. Uh, what was the one that came out in 2013? I think it was Extended Play. Um, and then I got to go out on stage, like at the beginning of Joy Bass's set, like it wasn't the opening act. I didn't do a set of my own, but like he came out there and started introducing Joy Badass. And I was kind of like a surprise guest at the beginning of his set. And that was just mm. like really weird to me. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I thought that was really cool, but you, so dope you, it? you rocked it. Yeah, I, we did. Uh, <laughs> I did my verse off of stacks like this album. That, mm. Yep. Population control. Okay. That's, That's a dope stage to be on. Like you said, like, yeah, you know, How I was there. You? What you I this? was there. I was a junior in high school, so like 17. 16, 17, you had a track with Static on Static Selectors album. Yeah, that's, that's dope. That's, that's wild. And why uh I, I thought your your opinion on the on the on the producer side was uh was dope and valid because you got a lot of credits under your belt. So I want you to flex a little bit in, in, about the the all the albums that you've produced for people. Um, what do you mean? You got like 17 of them. <laughs> no, it's more. Yeah, 20. It's, it's 20. This will be 21 since 2015. It's like 25 altogether, I think. Okay, though. so who's some of the, the artists you've worked with? Come on, help me out, Pac, So because I'm uh, going to miss that. Father, well, Aztec the Barfly. Uh, Bang Belushi. Two, two with Bang Belushi. This is the second one with Isaac. Second one with Isaac. Uh, my man, Fat Kane Fat. out of Sumter. Super incredible. If you guys ever heard that, Kane and Foulmouth. Uh, me and Bizarre just dropped our shit. <clears throat> Hold on, who else? I got way more. Um, a cat out of New York named uh, Extra Overdose. Yeah, it's a horrorcore album, all trap beats. That was something totally different. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what am I missing here? Um, I'm missing got, some we, of my good We got friends. a couple compilations. Marv One. Um, yeah, we got oh, two not people a just worked with. Oh, yeah, shit. Then oh, we okay. go into Marv One, Cool Keith, Nems, uh, Joel Ortiz. I'm just naming bigger names that have landed good on tracks. Royce, Guilty Simpson. I miss uh, Jelly Roll. Um, twisted. twisted. Jelly Roll's huge. <laughs> yeah, there's there's way more. I'm just I. Yeah. I anytime we do interviews, I can't name anything. I just want to say that because like you can talk about being a producer and what's whack and what's not because yeah, you've been doing this for a long. And time. I, I don't I don't want to sound like a hater because you see I'm like super passionate about my beliefs. It just there's several at the end of the day every, everything's an opinion. It's just mm -hmm. there's several ways to look at it. You got to be able to look at it from every every angle you possibly can so like hate not being a type producer i get it but i wouldn't hate on somebody just just because they showed up as one there's there's so many levels and layers to people but you also got a different perspective because you did the work yeah and, and when, when you get your hands dirty and you do the work you 
I believe you should be able to critique it. There's a difference between an artist that paints with a paintbrush and one that paints on Adobe. Like, it's just a difference. Yes, we both create art. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's your art is not less viable than mine, but the create, but the process is different. And when I've done the work, I've gotten my hands dirty. I've put in my ten thousand hours and made the mistakes, seen the wins. Like I can critique it a little bit different. I will tell you this because I can draw and paint and do charcoal and all that shit. And of course, I'm the technology slob. It was fucking difficult to paint on them with the Apple pencil and the dog. No, that shit difficult. It's a that's a whole different. It's a different skill level. It's you like would just think it would just sketch and shit. You would think it would just translate like. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about getting one. Never, not now. Yo, that <laughs> shit is difficult. Or like how they how that. they how they mix and blend colors because it's different. Now you do got leeway because you can undo. You can't undo <laughs> with, with actual. When I when I see my son like maneuvering on that iPad and making shit, I'd be like. These kids, <laughs> these kids got it easy. Yeah. I break that thing, put an etch a sketch in your lap, and it'll break you. Yeah. An etch a sketch will break you in half. Uh, so the first project, y- y- y'all doing a part two of the project, but the first project, how was that received? Uh, very well, actually. How m- how many views is that project set at right now on Spotify? Uh, I think like with the couple big songs uh it's probably at around like 400,000 500,000 mm, definitely look. my like my well most well received project and like highest performing project highest earning or whatever so that's a good yeah. look what's what's behind the whole rabbit thing um I don't know. Uh, we made a song called The Rabbit Hole when we were making the first one. Um, just about, like, it was honestly mostly about, like, drinking um, and drugs um, and, like, kind of, like, the downward spiral from that. Yeah. Um, and that kind of became, like, a theme for the first project. Not so much on the second drinking one. Drinking and drugs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up surrounded by lots of drug use. So, like, right when he, I remember when you said it, you're like, what do you think of The Rabbit Hole as a name? And I knew things you were going through, things I'd been through. It made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was before, like, Freddie Gibbs started, like, going hard with the rabbit shit. So, no, but, like, we started making the second one, and, like, it just stylistically sounded a lot like the first one. just felt like a continuation of, like, what we started. So, it only made sense to make it a sequel, I think. Okay. Uh, Damn, I don't know if I – I think I sent this to the group. It was DJ Quick talking about um, about tape. Um, and record. I want to. I want to know what y'all opinion on this is, or if y'all, I've seen that. If about y'all you. know about it, I'll, I'll play it and then uh, about tape. Tape. What like tape saturation? Yeah, like tape versus digital. Like which one is better? Well, the overall sounds better on digital, but the tape saturation, thickness, and texture can't. Like it's you can't. I think that's basically what he's saying. It's like a special thing. It is a special thing, and you, like you're never going to be a like. You, you could create all kinds of different type of hardwares and shit and softwares, but you can't. You're not going to be able to recreate that. But there's also a hiss that comes with it. The high end doesn't take do it as well. There's a lot to it. But the thickness of it, it makes everything pinpoint differently. It's a whole different texture. And I think it's just something about that. That's, that's again, the art. It's something about that you got to appreciate. Because even, you know, when you talk about, even if you talk about from vinyl to tape, like that vinyl is going to give you a, a different a different type of sound, that hissing yep. noise. Uh, oh, you know, we the, fixed that now because they already got I mean, you already got it. You got to do the EQ on the master anyways for the vinyl. So for the most part, yeah. you're going to take care of what's coming with it. But like you said, you can't get rid of. And a lot of people like that crackle. Like, well, every time, producers put every that time you listen to it, it's literally different. Thing we don't know about that happens with tape. Magnetic tape is magnetic. And it's electricity and it's, it's electricity that reforms the shape of, you know, just the, the, it lines all the molecules up to be what they are. But while it's doing all that technical shit, 
it's also picking up the energy in the room, your vibrations as a mm. human being, how you're feeling, and it attracts itself to the tape as it's going around. So you're recording energy too vibe mm. in the room. Yeah. You hear me? And if there's a party in the room, it gets on the tape. Yeah. Stains it. Like that carpet I was telling you about earlier. <laughs> that baby Seriously. blue carpet. Yeah. Dead ass. Yeah. That's what you're missing. Tape, um, digital doesn't do it. It's just O's and ones. It's just lining up what it hears. Tape, and it also compresses all of the sound. So it gives you the automatic boom bap naturally because it automatically Not knocks it back part. so it could be, so it could be turned back into an audible sound because mm-hmm. it's just electricity and magnetism and particles. But when, when they all line up, it's like the fucking planets lining up. It becomes something like cosmic. It becomes a thing that lasts forever. Yeah. That's what you're missing. This the second harmonic distortion. For every so. kick you put on there, and kicks like usually hit at 100 hertz, it'll record 50 hertz and 200 hertz at the same time. So your kick is three times as powerful when it comes back. And snares. And your vocals. You sound like three people instead of one. Mm. So it's just, yeah, this it's is- just super friend hologram. Now, uh... I ain't never get to record on tape. <laughs> oh, he's right about he's right about that though. The the when it comes back, the thump of it. Yeah. Like just just as a comparison, the thump now is clear, but something about the way it occupies the space in the speakers from the nineties. Yeah. I can't explain it. Like I thought I heard somewhere that uh, like Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP was like one of the last like records that they did on like all tape I heard before they too. switched over to digital. And like when now you listen to it, like the mixes all sound super fucking good. I mean, a lot of that's Dre's mixes always sound good, but that's interesting. So you never recorded like on ADAT? Mm-mm. Okay. Like it was real, all real. digital. I, re- I record on a four track tape recorder. That was the first yeah. thing I went with. First time I was in the studio, well, I was on a four track. You get, you get a dub and you get a track through and you don't fuck it up. Cause that's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> you know what? I did record one time at a uh, Art Force crib. It was on somebody else's joint, and it was. But uh, most of the time, it was. This was around like ninety eight, ninety nine. Like people had computers and shit by then, and yeah. Yeah, man. My first, even my first time, like in a in a major studio. I was interning for IV at IV Studio back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that, that he had ADAP machines. Yeah. Like I rem- like I remember Royce like was recording Rock City there, and he would co- like IV kept his ADATs in the safe, and yeah. like you don't fuck, yeah. don't fuck with the safe. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> he started talking about the molecules and the spirits and shit. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he quick, sounded like quick, a quick. chick talking about like hippie crystals. <laughs> and yeah, shit. I, I I mean personally, it obviously doesn't get recorded to the music. But what he talks about, like the vibration and shit, like everything that comes with it, that part's true. Like, but the act, but that's only through the sound of what's being recorded. Different not the when you recording together, though. Yeah. Like, so for an example, if me and you both hit the same note at the same time, that shit sound different than if you record it and I play it back and and say it again. While Just send me the track. It. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it it it's I don't know. It it is different. That's- no, that 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 energy is different. Like when you all create together, when you're in the same room, is different. We yep. bouncing ideas back and forth. There's no who wrote this and who wrote that. No, we in here creating and bouncing ideas off. And in that group environment, like it's it's something to be said about being with your crew, being with your homies. Y'all find a beat that everybody loves. I can hear what you humming up over there. Oh, I gotta. I can't let Jay make me look bad on this because that's how to order. Jay didn't. So, so like you need that energy. It makes the song better. You know, I love Wu Tang, but nothing sounds like 
36 chambers from Wu-Tang after that point because they had, you know, everybody was doing their own thing. They had made, they had turned into solo artists, but that energy you get when it's in the room, when we all yeah. in the room together, yeah. it's something different about Nothing that. Nothing like it, man. Nothing, Snoop done dropped a, a bunch of albums. Nothing sounds like Doggy Style. Like we was young and in the studio together and we was making music. Well, shit. I mean, we'll just be real. His Nothing second, sounds like the first album. album has got to be the biggest sophomore jinx ever. <laughs> um, bro, think about the difference between Dog Father and yeah, Dog Because the DLC. No, no Snoop Dog slander, man. DLC no, no, no. I, I love Snoop back then. DLC didn't write it. Right. Yep. Well, DOC wasn't there writing, and Dre wasn't sitting there fucking producing between his beats, Nate Dog, and his vision. Once that's gone, and Daz. Now, Daz, now, now Daz and, weren't Daz and Corrupt gone by time? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it a lot of it was the dudes from the Whack Room? They said like yeah. those were the so that was a lot of the production. You know what's actually got some like all right beats on it? Surprisingly, is. The album he dropped after that, the first No Limit album. My yes, it does. There's a couple that, that are incredible on there, two or three. Listen. Yeah, Beats uh, by the Pound by then. Yeah. No, no, no. We we not. I be saying things about Snoop Dogg, but not about Snoop Dogg. You feel me? Right. Doggy Style. How many, how many classics does Snoop have? Albums? Yeah. One. One. Right? I would say just like for the era, like, 04 is such like a, like, pivotal music here for me like that's when i really started like being able to like use the music and or like the internet to discover music and like started to watch like mtv and mtv2 and shit to watch music videos yeah. and like he dropped that rhythm and gangsta album that love year that the neptunes produced so that's what There's i was gonna so say i really love that. rhythm that's a classic to me but doggy style the rhythm and gangsta yeah. and, and you recognize that but a, really a universal, universal classic universal changed doggy style yeah you know what i'm saying but rhythm and gangsta i love rhythm yeah, it was man. a really good app that's the one that had ups and downs yeah man you know what the giveaway too is what you were just talking about a little bit ago was about the the vibe of the room things being different people not just hooking up their shit recording sending something over yeah Think of how that party went. That's when Dre was happy in Death Row. Partying, happy, drinking, making nothing but superior shit. And it matters who's your producer because Rhythm and Gangster was him and Pharrell. Yeah. You know yep. what I'm saying? So when I have a, a legitimate producer with me to craft the sound, yep. was my Pharrell, but Pharrell probably had to say, like, I know what I know what's gonna fit for Snoop. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. All right. So listen, the project that we got coming up. Uh, when is it releasing? February third. Uh, two weeks from now, exactly. So I, we had this conversation oftentimes. Why is music released on Fridays now? I hate it too, man. We, or, we talk you, about this too. Like I prefer like listen, getting an album on a Tuesday, being able to listen to it throughout the week. You know what I mean? In, in my car while I'm working. Because on Fridays, I feel like, you know what I mean, you're going to the bars at night. like and I'm then, on a different vibe on Friday. Uh, yeah, Saturday and Sunday, you people are hung over and shit. Like, I don't know. I, I like, definitely miss the Tuesday the drops. I don't and know, like, but it doesn't even, make sense. Even like independent labels and artists and everything, everybody dropping this shit on Friday. Like, why? I, you know, I upload, you could upload shit to DistroKid right yeah, now. We're indie, uh. but we're, we, uh, we're going through uh, Believe Music and Pro Sound Media. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of like following their direction a lot. Of Are they handling distribution? We, we would have did a Monday or Tuesday. I think. I think uh, when we dropped Kane shit, uh, we seen there were so many people dropping Friday, and he hit me up. I was like, "What's just drop it now?" Yeah, it was there's Thursday. No, there's no rules to this shit, though. No. And, but no, he was right, and that was a smarter move because to, at midnight, thirty other people we know are gonna drop or post their shit. Was posted eight hours before they do. Mm -hmm. So I think what. 
I mean, it was a scam. So I think like at some point the sounds the sound scan numbers came out like on Wednesday, like the following Wednesday or some shit. So people started dropping on a Friday to give a whole extra weekend in before that number dropped. Maybe. And then it just switched because that shit don't matter no more. See, that's weird though, because that's a different week, isn't it? So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never understood it because I was like, "Don't you lose days by going on Friday?" Like, what or, ma- or maybe you have a big. So technically, you'd have a bigger impact going on Friday because you take those days and then it rolls into the next week. Yes, yeah, so I didn't like know a, that. It's like an inflated number at mm-hmm. that point. That's just cheating the, whole, the game. Yeah, because that's when when the article dropped that y'all did three hundred fifty thousand the first week. Now because the magazine told you this, oh, it must have been good. Let's go. Let's go buy it. Like when. When Lil Wayne went platinum the first week off of the Carter 3, it went platinum the first week. Yeah, that was such a different era. Like, nobody's doing that now. Like, but does it, the do way you streams are counted, like, I think it's maybe like 12,000 plays as one album sale or something like that. So, like, people are selling like 26,000 now first week, and that's like good. Like, <laughs> man, I got something I want to play for y'all later too, because it's about that specifically. Okay. Uh, that, that article that you said. Yeah, it's, it hurt. It's hurtful. Like it, matter of fact, let's, I don't want to do that. Now. Yeah, man. Since oh, you're some dream breaker shit, <laughs> you're so, like, oh, so, this is like your chances of making it. Very slim. <laughs> yeah, your chances are point zero 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 three, and you should actually just go get a fucking job. Mm-hmm. All right, Probably bro. not wrong. I think that was <laughs> first time I met Mayor Hawthorne. He basically said that to like me and Greg. The song came out <laughs> at the time. The song streamed seventy million. That's a lot. That's not seventy million dollars. And here's the mathematics: seventy million streams. I own twenty-five percent of the songs, and it's three thousand dollars per million stream. It's three thousand times seventy. So two hundred and ten thousand dollars, right? It's math. And the numbers gotta make sense. I'm waiting on a song for two years based on the royalty rate that Spotify pays the publishers. There's two types of money in records: it's publishing money, that's writing, and there's performance money. It wasn't my voice. I'm just on the publishing side. So that two hundred ten thousand dollars that that song made. Had to be bust down. My take on that two hundred and ten was fifteen hundred dollars. And I, if I'd have put that song out myself and only had three million streams, I'd have made ten thousand. I said I'm done. I washed my hands. I was like, this is dumb. You know how hard it is to get these songs on these people who put it out on their own time. So the artists who have their own vision for it. But your livelihood should be dependent oh, yeah. on and somebody after two else. Two years, he made like fifteen hundred dollars because he owned twenty five percent of the uh, the royalty side. But then. After X amount, after all the money was broke down, and then it goes through its this label to get paid to this label yeah. to get paid to you, it ended up being like fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah. it sounds like he got fucked because he said it made two hundred ten thousand. Yeah, that was the amount. Twenty five percent of that's fifty two five. Well, he get twenty five percent of it after it gets broke down. Twenty. <laughs> oh, yeah, because like okay, the main artist got to get paid, the labels got to get paid, producer. You get twenty five percent of the. So when you're just a songwriter, like, yeah, you're getting probably not that big of a... It sounds like signing with, like, a major is, like, cool for, like, a year, and then you need to get away from them so you can make your own money. Yeah, like the major's promotion. Yeah, I, it, and, and signing to one, and the second they start saying that you're there, alone's going to change your career. It's kind of about how... It's it's like you got to eat shit to fucking quit eating shit. But I feel like when you're a songwriter, you got to just have songs in motion. Like, I can't be waiting two years for Usher to put his shit out. Like, I got to have some other songs well, out that's there. what he was saying is, but... Once you write the song, you have no control when the song come out. Nope. 
Cause what, what, about, we, what if it's, what if you wrote it and it was gonna go on this album, but then his manager like last minute, yeah, we don't, we don't, we gonna wait and put this one on a different album. Do they need to figure out a different way to? Uh, maybe you 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 give up something. It, it, you're gonna have to actually if if you just want straight pay. I'm sure there's another way of doing it. Like all right, well I want my blah 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 for this. You you get Person. it on the front. You get it on the front end and then so no there's royalties. A, there's a giant. There's a there's a giant Detroit song. Uh, the video is like at a hundred million views. And um, the artist, the other artists on the song, they offered them a piece of the back end, and they was like, "Nah, I want ten thousand dollars up front." Oh man! Right? And they took the upfront money because you never know if this song is gonna yeah. do it. But th- it really, really blew up, and like you should have took the back end. And then there was a, it was an issue. It was like, "Well, I want more money now." I was like, I, I, I. Yep. "The label Prepaid asked you, you yeah, if you, you get wanted what to you agree to." Uh, most yeah, of the time. so it's one of those things where it's like, do "Work I, for hire." That's what I, you do when you do that. You work for hire. Do I take the the equity? Or do I take the upfront money? And it's a crapshoot because you have no idea what that song. <laughs> you you do. never know when you never know when you got a hit on your hands. <laughs> and you don't want to be on the other side of that, on the broke side of your yeah, hit. Because you keep taking the the back end, the back end, the back end. Don't ever kick in. Be like, no, fuck, that, I gotta pay the rent. Just give me the money up front, and then that be the one that. Yep. And it depends on who you're dealing with because it sounds like my man waited and did that. He still didn't get shit. Yeah, I think that he was talking about uh, before he became an artist. Why he started doing his music himself and not just writing. Yeah. It's not just writing. Like, I don't know when Usher dropping the next song. I don't know who's going to place this or how it's going to do it. What if the they don't push this as a single and it's just a, like, so he's like, nah, fuck that. I got to be an artist. Because if I didn't even do as many streams as him, I'd have made more money than... Well, shit, we go through that waiting on people where we start getting we start getting fucking pissed at them and shit. We're like, man, fuck this, you know? <laughs> like, because some people be waiting like a year, year and a half on to get shit right. And people don't know when it comes out, but it's like, oh, this, this is actually, you know, 18 months. We, we finished this 18 months ago. So I get that part. Like, the waiting, the waiting shit's tough, man. And there's so many what ifs, too, man. Like, I send beats to all kinds of prominent underground yeah. artists and shit. And. You know, you never know. It could be two years, three years, or they send you something back, but then it never comes out. Or sometimes they message you back right away that never even download the shit. (laughs) So I want to talk about the waiting on Boatman. So I'm sure you've probably put a verse somewhere. That's going for somebody album that never came out. I'm like, well, fuck it, I can use this verse for my. Oh yeah, don't say the name. Just I've been doing that a ton lately. <laughs> like not just, just not just one person. Like if I, if I give you a verse <laughs> and you sit on it for more than two years, I'm taking it back. It is what it is. Like two years, you don't want it. I there's <laughs> I, I feel too confident in my like level of ability for like me to just like waste something that I spent time working on. You know what I if mean? If you're not gonna take it serious, how I'm can you? With it. Yeah. Some people you might get a not a verse that I'm just like, yeah, whatever, and you then you know you're all good. So, but if you got a good verse for me, you better put it up. <laughs> and from the producer side, like you get a placement, like all right, cool. And then <laughs> when you put this album out, honestly, the way because I've had a couple people who pick certain beats, and you're like, all right, cool, this is going to be on something big, and then like nothing comes from it, so it's like kind of sucks, you know. Um, Do you? Have- sometimes you got to deal with it. We got. We, I thought there was a chance we were going to land on the Jay Electronic album. Mm. He contacted me personally and asked for beats. And then I, all the rumors started going around about how Jay-Z was going to be all over the album. We were fucking, we're like, holy shit. What What if? Yeah. But then the album came out. There was no, no, no foul mouth on there. So. so do you take the, so do you take the beat and sell it to somebody else or? Yeah, use them. Well, see, the way I see it is in a situation like that is, so he, he, nothing came of it. He yeah. didn't rock nothing. 
I, I don't even know if he did. Um, he might have, but he had beats picked out, and then we never heard back. So he drops the album. We start thinking then, like, all right, well, nothing's going to happen. Let's say Isaac. Let's say me and Isaac do a track. It's been just sitting there for like four months, right? We know we got an album coming. We'll say it's a year and a half ago when we're five, six songs in like we like we were back then with songs that didn't even make our album when we were first starting the new one. Um, if I get that call and Jay Electronic is like, yo, I'm using this one for blah, blah, blah. If it's one of my guys, we work together. Then I'm going to go talk to him like, yo, bro, we haven't put this out yet. If you don't mind, I'll get you a different beat. And if I have to go that route, I'm going to give him something that's even better than that because I got to take care of my guy for that. Yeah. But if it's a huge placement, he's going to tell me. Isaac's not going to debate it. He's going to be like, bro, yeah, go, at least get, me. go get I don't that, know how man. Everyone's going to react, but if it was me, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I mean, if like, we a team and we all working towards the same goal, if you if you get there a step before me, like you're not leaving me, like that's 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 our opportunity right there. Yeah. Same shit. If, if there was something where he took lyrics from some song he thought wasn't going to come out and he put them on my shit, and he's like, bro. This is going to be on fucking uh, Static Select, his next album. Bro, we're taking that shit off because it's what's best. Yeah. And I'm not going to sweat it or be upset. I'm going to be happy for you. So, like, we need, you need to be like that with each other. Now, if somebody bought the shit and I know it's coming, I would send you your money right back. Okay. I'll, you know what I mean? If it, Whatever they paid for it, boom, you're getting your money back. I'm sorry, bro. I need this beat now. I'm going to give you your money back. Or you can pick a different one. Whatever one you want to do, one or the other. You get your money back. I've never had to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of freestyling this part. So hopefully it's... You know what I just thought of? I mean, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping Jay Electronica gives me that call. So like earlier we were talking about the value of like having to meet people in person and shit and how like the internet is just like not personable enough. Um, I've just as a spectator at a concert been in two situations now where i've been like basically standing right next to jay electronica like any show that he does like i saw him once when i was at a festival in new orleans and then he came to the blind pig in ann arbor a couple years ago and both times he's just like fucking calling people on stage to rap fucking outside smoking cigarettes with fans in front of the venue like i feel like if you went to me like hey remember when you reached out to me for beats like that kind of shit like i don't know like anytime you can yeah get in front of people i thought about it a million times Maybe I didn't send the right ones. I don't know, you know, but. Uh, so February 3rd, uh, what can we expect on this project? A um, lot of dope beats, a lot of dope sample based production. Um, I would say probably my best uh, lyrical work yet. Um, Talk that my- shit. That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like growth. From the first one, lots yeah. of growth, yep. improvement. Um, we we buckled down and did everything we had to do to put this album forward. Um, we 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 just did we did our thing. We did a lot of songs towards this album to take those next steps. Like the early the early version of this, al- of this album, it isn't the same. It just isn't. We just felt like we needed to do everything we had to do to surpass the first one. And in the beginning, we didn't feel like we were quite there. So, like, the blood, sweat, and tears, and you talk about linking up as a producer and as an MC and sitting down and making it together. Like, we're a prime example of doing that. We've put songs away. We're like, man, I don't. we like these, but are they as good as the last album? Yeah. How long was the creative process making this project? I would say we probably made, like, the first song that, like, made it probably, like... Probably two years ago, right? No, maybe maybe a little more than a year ago. Because we were doing all those randoms, remember? None of those made it. Yeah, but we didn't do a ton of those. And like, 
that first song I think we did was track number four on the album, Admit It. And you, I, that's, yep. that's definitely more than a year old at this point. Uh, I think we did that like July, uh, July, August 2021. Yeah, so that was like almost two years ago, a year and a half. A year and a half ago. But yeah, I've got one lyric on the album, uh, on the track with Bang Belushi, where I say, uh, nearly made a whole album, put it back on the shelf. And like, yeah, we probably have like a, close to an album's worth of material that didn't make it, which is like a lot of the early stuff that I did. And on top of that, before we even started working on this project, I was kind of trying to do the thing where you get a bunch of different producers and you're just collecting shit that people have sent you. And I probably had eight or nine tracks of a project like that that I've completely scrapped at this point. So like, <laughs> We're picking, it's been man. a long road to get to this point, but like, I'm glad I'd, I'd rather do it like that than put out a bunch of bullshit that I'm not happy with a year later, you know? So you are based, so like when, when you got one, when you know, is it is it a mutual agreement that yeah. this is one we're going to run with? Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. We had a different version of the album, and Pat was actually the one who approached us and said, I think you guys should do a few more to try to beat the first one. And we agreed right away. Like, yeah, I think we should do a few more, too. But we ended up, like, getting hot, and we did, like, five or six in a row. They ended up being, like, the best shit on the album. So, mm -hmm. like... That having that third ear and having people who like like we can he, some people their egos can't take shit like that like 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 you said people not being around other people enough they're yeah, not they're not personal. COVID for me was really a weird like thing on my like creative drive and just like it took me a while to like remember how to like be around people and shit and like that's like a big part of how you write music is what your life is and if your life is just sitting in a fucking cube all day like. I don't know. It was hard for me to get back into, like, I think that's why this past year, the shit we started making started, like, getting a lot better. It was just... It was the beat difference. Really? It was me. I, I, I'll, I'll flat, I'll tell you. The beat, <laughs> no, I'm serious. We were missing some shit that we didn't but have from I, the I first the one, album. I was the one picking the beat, so I think that's what I'm saying. It's like, you gotta be in a headspace to, like, know what's gonna work, like, when you're making music. Like, if you're, like, fucking in some other place, like, you're not gonna be picking your best beats, writing your best bars. So yeah, I think it's all intertwined. Now you reference um, want to be producer. Now you trying to get into your to your to your producer bag. Uh yeah, that's the hope. Um, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, just like finding dope samples and shit. Um, so, and uh, like I'm starting to find that like a lot of times like like with artwork, for example, I want to how to get into painting as well because I just feel like if I can really translate nobody can i can hire somebody to do a piece of artwork for me but they're not gonna be able to exactly nail what i'm i have i'm envisioning in my head but like if i can actually just put that shit down it's kind of the same shit with beats you know what i mean you helping him with the beats he did just give me yeah. a shit ton of drums i yeah. can't explain to you how much i just gave him in drums <laughs> i literally yeah, gave i life. gave him 70 percent of my library i mm. still have everything from 2003 mm. and i collect drums every month some get bought some get stolen you got to steal. You have to. It's, it's, it's That's part, part of the game. game. It's part yeah. of the game. We steal their samples. Well, I remember what, when 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 Fruity Loops and all that shit, it was like, they go for real snare. He go for all for, all for real snares, all for real such and such. You download that fucking pack and be like, yo, I got a, I got Dr. Dre's joint from, so, like, it was <laughs> like. But just, but just it's, it's like cooking though. Like, we both got the recipe, but you're going to get two different, yeah, two different know. end results. You can have all of Dre's snares and hi-hats. If you don't know what the fuck to do with it, yeah. you, you just sitting, you just sitting with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's where the difference comes in between like a beat maker and a producer. A producer is gonna get in there, they're gonna listen to all six thousand different drums and they're gonna craft a sound. A beat maker, first one is first one is hitting, 
That's what I'm using. Yep. And I'm going to build my beat around it. So it's, 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 it's different. But everybody, stealing is part of the game. Yep. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, shit, it's not looked down. It's not frowned upon. You got it's somebody. It's about what you're stealing oh, well, and yes. who you're stealing it from. If you're stealing sounds, that is part of the game. Yep. If you are stealing lyrics and bars and flow patterns and I heard my man say this, I'm going to tweak this word or two, Swag. that is wrong. <laughs> That's wrong. So That shit gets you kicked out of colleges across the nation. It's plagiarism. Just like, so if you like got hired to like put out like a sample pack for somebody or like a drum kit pack with like whoever the fuck splice like and some people were bootlegging that shit on reddit would you be pissed or would you be like oh that's part of the game well if i was putting it out with splice that means they're paying me straight up i don't give a fuck what anybody does after i get paid for it that's true okay that's basically what i was asking like but um i guess it depends on how you look at it because like that is there's some catch 22 with some of that shit because think about this right i spent 10 minutes talking shit about younger cats not doing it like we did it without trying to sound like an old grumpy man but at the same time, coming, I'm, I'm 39, so 96, 97, 98, my teen years, those are like, to me, like, looking at hip-hop from that point of view, how good the music was. And 1998 for me was like the one of the fucking greatest hip-hop years. Period. But at the end of the day, we literally, some there's 50-year-olds who look at them kids and go, man, they're not keeping it real. Back, but in reality, if they said back in my day, we used to steal people's music and remake it. That's what they would really be saying. So at the end of the day, we got to really be real about that. Yeah. Like hip hop don't exist without old music. So what's so you know? is because so Puff take hits from the 80s, but it sounds so crazy. It was only the 90s. That shit was only 10 years ago. Only 10 ago. years old, yep. You know what I'm saying? But to us growing up, because we wasn't around, I was born in 82. So I, I didn't hear all the music. That was, so when I in the 90s, when I hear old sample, that shit brand new to me. Right. So now I feel like when I hear somebody take a sample that we grew up on in the 2000s, I was like, man, that ain't shit, but such yep, and such. But we were doing and it. And it's like, yeah, we were doing it. That's only 10 years old. It's too soon to do it. Yeah. But in <laughs> real life, Puffy Look, was man, 10 years ago. And, was, and Puffy sampled his own shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, 98 was the last good year and Puffy ruined it. Well, shit. How old, do you th how old was Super Freak when Hammer took it? Like four or five years old? Mm. Tops? Yeah. See, if they under pressure couldn't have been that old when Vanilla Ice snatched that bitch up. Yeah. Remember, he was trying to like fake the baseline. He was like, it didn't go like that. It mm -hmm. went like this. And like he just said the same thing, like bro, you sampled the exact song. You didn't change anything. It's literally the loop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His shit was like covers. Like yeah, it's like the way you sample is way different from the way like Puff Daddy and the Hitman. Sample. I think like, in general sampling has gotten way doper. But you called it out. The missing ingredient musically, the connection. The rappers have gotten better. The producers have gotten better. The sounds gotten better, and the music's gotten worse. How does that make any sense? Because the mainstream music has gotten worse. Yeah. I think it all has. But mainstream music has always been like. Because there's more music out than ever before. So and somebody's making the shit that you like right now. So I'm, sure. I'm a big proponent of like the teamwork element. So like I've been, I wrote a couple verses for somebody and Jay recorded me. And like the way that he recorded me, I knew he was trying to push me for something specific. And you need people around you like that to push for something specific. When he rapping and you hear something that sounds a bit off, maybe Isaac didn't catch it, but you caught it. We've had those so, conversations. So now you got to go back and redo it because what I'm hearing on this end and what you're saying, they're not linking up. And you need that. And it's not a, it's not an ego thing. Mm -hmm. 
like we we teammates. It's Joe D and Isaiah in the backcourt. Like we just trying to win. You know, and maybe he had maybe he having a better a hotter night than me. You feed off of that energy, but at the end of the day, you're just trying to win. And I think a lot of people get caught up in their own shit. They get caught up in their own hype. I'm doing this many numbers. I'm getting this many views. What I'm doing is working and can't nobody tell me shit. But it might work a lot better if you let somebody around you tell you some shit. Like we don't. When I look at my friend circle, we not yes men to each other. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now, we friends. There's a certain level of respect that we deal with and talk to each other. But if my brother is wrong, he can call me and tell me that I'm wrong and is not taken with any level of offense. Yep. Maybe I was wrong and you looking at it from a different viewpoint. I low key actually respect people when they tell me I did something wrong or be like, listen, I don't think <laughs> because, I mean, if y'all listen to the show, you know, I could, you know, I, I, I like to make points. Mm-hmm. But when somebody be like, hey, I hear what you're saying, but this how this made me feel. Yep. I think you was wrong. Yep. I got to respect that. And I just got to respect that. And if I know that you're not agreeing with what I'm saying and you don't never say something, now I think less of you. Because, like, why don't you tell me? I, I can see it on your face. Yeah, people that don't communicate are weird. Like, yeah. And I'm thinking less of myself because now I feel like I'm bullying you and shit. Because I see your face change, and (laughs) now I feel like a fucking bully. No, no, no. We're on this. We're on the same end game. I tell people to rewrite shit all the time, man. That's not good enough. Yep. There's consistency. Consistently, I'll send him shit and be like, "Yo, tell me what you think of this one." You know what I mean? Waiting for that opinion to see if he's got the same as mine. Sometimes he might think I'm already not liking it. I might be loving it, but I want to see if he does too. You know what I mean? You too. Yeah, that's the difference between being a beat maker and a producer, I think, is, like, being able to have that, like, in-studio, back and forth, like, when something's not working, you tell them, like, and you know what I mean? Oh, or, like, I, just, I just thought of a question. So, when you rapping, are you sitting down or standing up? Uh, I stand up most of the time. I used to sit down, because, like, our homie Bango would always sit down. I was like, oh, I don't see people do that. I'll try it. But I, I feel like I project better when I'm standing up, so. I feel like I can tell when somebody's sitting down when they're rapping. Yeah, yeah. It sounds lazy. Like it, it, it sounds. It sounds it uninvolved. Sound and I, I could clearly y'all can probably tell if somebody reading. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I can tell when somebody's sitting down. Just listen to like. Right. Uh, he's sit down. He sitting down. <laughs> like I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, Bango sounds like he sits down, don't he? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like I don't know. I read a lot of my shit, and I feel like. I've never been called out on it, at least. Like, but that's but you've got it down to a T. Like some people sound like they're you don't yeah. you don't have that problem. They're, yeah, and it's a difference between like I'm reading it because I don't know the words to it yet, and I haven't said what I haven't said this shit seventy times in a row. Versus, I just want to make sure I. This is some intricate shit. I got to. Yeah. That's I gotta, how I feel. Yeah. See how you did that. See if like he'll write, and I won't hear him rap it out loud one time. And he walks up with the exact flow ready, precise. Mm. I can't do that. I got props for that because I got freestyle syndrome. If if I don't note it perfectly and and get it memorized in my head, I gotta I gotta do that first four, then my next four. I gotta do them out loud. I need to walk out of the room. I need to say it thirty fucking ways out loud to figure out if I'm going to use the deep voice or the loud voice. You know what I mean? All that. Yeah. I can't figure it out until I do. I just stopped thinking about my voice as much and just kind of like, man, I know that like creates problems too. Cause like I'll start off super low and then like end super high. But like, um, I, I am rapping it to myself. I just don't want anyone to hear it when I'm in the studio. I don't know what I'm, I want them to know what I'm about to do. Like here. Still part of your creative process. Yeah. Like I was in the studio with, uh, I mean, this who was on this song. It was about eight or nine, uh, different younger artists and old artists from Detroit. <gasps> and 
in and out the booth, right? And some of them standing up, some sitting down, and like it just sound totally different. Yeah, like I can tell, and I guess because just projections, yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's constricted. Like Diaphragm. it just to, it sound yep. totally different. Stand up, young man. Yeah. <laughs> stand up. Push, pu- put your head up. Poke your chest out. Stand up. And in my personal opinion, for young rappers out there. You go ahead, you record that song the first time, you take that shit home, you ride around with that shit for two weeks, however long, keep saying it, and then come back and re-record that shit. Because you're going to say it differently. Because you know it now. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew it before, but not you know it, know it. I, I got some homies, though, that'll do that, that'll re-record their shit, and I'm like, I liked it better the first yep. time, and I feel like you're overthinking it. But see, with what you're saying, that's not a, that's a style of person. Yeah. Because I, I, that's me. You don't let me. He fucking shit. he fucking one takes the shit every single nah, time. If you got the gift. You yeah. got the gift. You feel me? <laughs> our our work is so easy. I make the beat, and usually usually if I play a beat, it's usually not finished yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, man, I'm gonna start working on it. Twenty minutes. He's usually done with the first verse. All right, I got the first verse. All right, cool. I'm just finishing the beat up. Give me five minutes. Line it up. You like this? Cool. You like this intro? All right, dope. Is where you coming in? Thirty five seconds later. All right, let's do a dub. Oh, no dub? Oh, just a single track? All right, cool. I'm just going to put it on um, loop. It's simple. Some people you'd be playing games with, they're like, yo, you think you can do this and that? And, and I get what you're going for, but some people be asking you to do some crazy shit. And you're like, oh, wow, I'm stunned right now because what you're asking me to do literally don't tracks. fucking fit. So 53. now I've been seeing uh, some of the young kids, they still inside of sound and how he, recre- how he creates, right? So now they just do, I'm a freestyle, just do punching. I like that part. Keep that. And I'm a, I'm just gonna basically say yeah, a whole bunch of crazy. shit. They literally do like one line at a time yeah. the whole way. Yeah, I'm like da, da 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 Keep that shit. Keep that shit. And then like technically the whole shit is like a free form and free of thought. But you, you was in there for thirty minutes. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> but I see people do that and then like okay, that's how we record now. No, that's that person. That's they how y'all because he create great shit. You are trying to imitate. Him yep. and that's yeah. not the same. Got five works for you. And I some people me. can just, fl- I, I can t- four balls on the top of my head. Hell yeah! Yeah, listen, I seen Elzai walk into a studio, right? Elzai like one of the best rappers I've ever heard ever. In my life. Yep. And it was a black milk beat. It was from a man, uh, Catch P, that was in Street Justice, and mm-hmm. he literally listened to the beat for. I'd say three or four minutes, and he went in and one took. I think it was like thirty-two or thirty-eight bars, and I was just like, "Okay." Like in real <laughs> that, life, that's a different level of MC. Yeah. That's a different level. Yep. I, I I believe this. Like honest to God, I haven't seen a person who raps better than Elza. Yeah. Now you can tell me who raps just as good as, right. but like you can't tell me somebody he raps better than Elza. Yeah, no. It's a lot of people I can't say who raps better than Royce. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like nope. some people get to a certain God tier. It's like, or who is it? Black Thought or Royce? So Black Thought or I don't know who was better. They just right. they in a different right. tier. Yep. But Elzai? Elzai, man. It's something different. Uh, I'm interested in hearing this project, to be perfectly honest. Are you rapping on this project? Y'all rap, rap, y'all do it with two and two back and forth? I we I jumped on one song before and it didn't make our last album. Yeah, we uh we did that last time. Um, I think I was gonna try to have you do a hook on like that track that we're gonna have bets do cuts on that's gone on the deluxe. I was gonna maybe try to have you do a hook on that. I don't know if I ever actually asked you, but um Exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, I saw me on the raps and like the guests, but uh yeah, maybe one day. I only show up on certain shit if it makes a lot of sense. If if we know somebody is a feature and and like the beat fits my style, every great once in a while you'll hear me suggest me. Last time you did it was probably Aztec, Aztec right? Yeah. yeah. 
and I heard the hook. That's the only reason why I suggested myself. Yeah. I, I said it over with the hook to him. Like I heard it, so I did it. One yeah. thing I wanted to say about this album too, it's got some heavy features, man. I'm looking. I'm I got looking. a joint with uh, Guilty Simpson and Guilty Simpson is my favorite rapper ever. Um, he was like the one of the first Detroit hip hop cats I heard back in like '98. I remember the first time I walked into the Lush, very first time I'd ever been there. It was open mic night, and I just wanted to feel it out. I didn't know if I was ready yet. And Guilty Simpson rapped first, and he said a bar about pushing your favorite rapper face first in yellow snow. And I was like, Nah, I ain't ready. I ain't ready this week. <laughs> Yo, I think a lot of the cool rap names have been taken, and now people don't have cool rap names. Right. Guilty Simpsons is a fucking cool name. Yeah, that's a cool Honda fucking Ellis. rap name, dog. Like, just his delivery and his flow and his bars and the way he paints pictures is crazy, man. He's one of my favorites. So yeah, he's on there. Um, we got Marv One. Um, we got Gypsy um, from Street Justice. His verse is absolutely insane. Fat Father. Yep. Mm. Fat Father. Bizarre. Mm. Um, Dango Four Lane and Ronnie Alpha. They're two. Up and blue shats, man. They're like the present and the future. Okay. Um, who else? I think that's it. Bingo. Bing Belushi. Yeah. Belushi from the Fat Killers. Name just about everybody. Oh, extra overdose and uh, my girl Skyro, who I'm doing a project with right now, singer. Something totally different. Hmm. So Isaac, you know, every week on this show we do a music pick of the week, and we when we got an artist in here that rap, sing, whatever they do. This is my option to allow you with people who are well not allow you, but like people who aren't familiar with you and your music. Give us give us a song that we can play to to help get them familiar with your catalog and what's soon to come. Um shoot, you guys uh something that's already released? I'm guessing yeah, because people gotta check it out. Uh um, I mean if you got a, a, an exclusive for us, you can you can definitely email it and we'll run it at the end of the at uh, the end of the joint too. Yeah, we could just uh we could just let's just uh let's play the new single that just dropped. I see. I would say that's what people should go dro- uh, check out cuz we just dropped the music video. Uh so go run that up on YouTube, like, subscribe. Um and the other joint we dropped is Yeah, here we go. Word is born. Unfortunate, we drifted further apart. Left and made you upset. Decorated vet, purple heart. Dope feet first in the research. Now Urkel smart. Ran the whole too. Fuck it, it's a work of art. Where to start? Table of contents. Gotta check myself if what I'm saying is nonsense. Fix my mental health. You can't hate on the progress. I was off my rocket like a rich guy hanging with rhyme fest. Jesus. Change the game, don't go insane in the process. Give me trade fitty, you afraid of the lie. Find me at the crib getting faded with my arms stretched. Won't be long until I fade into the darkness. Till then, all right. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah. I like yep. that. <laughs> yep. Thank you guys. Yep. I fucks with it. Yeah. And, uh, I think everybody else is going to fucks with I mean, I love hip hop though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's the, I like what I refer to as adult contemporary hip hop. Because, uh, uh, you know, we was talking about. The music ain't ours no more and all this shit. But like, uh, like I never stopped listening to hip hop. Every year there's new people entering in the market, but I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So like sometimes folks make music for people, the new people entering the market and forget about the people who lo- I like this type of shit. And that's what I want people to keep making. 
if the eighteen year old's not listening to it, cool. But I'm gonna keep listening to that shit, and I'm looking. For, I'm constantly looking for shit, and if not, I just go back to my shit from the '90s and early 2000s. That's all I do. Is or I throw in some shit. Kendrick or some shit, or throw in some Nas or some shit. We're like sending the bus to ELE on our way here. Like I think I don't want the shit that resonates to me. The what the youth are drawn to is pretty heavily skewed one way, um, but I still think like there's a good amount like there's more like i remember when i was listening to this shit as a kid thinking like there's nobody else my age that's listening to shit like this but like now i know so many other mcs my age just in this city that are fucking obviously we're the same exact way you know what i mean i feel like you kind of have to ha have a certain kind of musical upbringing to be into that kind of hip-hop and um, i'll be at the concerts and this that motherfucker full of people yeah all, and young people like i was at yeah. the billy woods show a few months ago in ferndale and it was like mostly young people still rare though it really is. It still yeah, is. Yeah, Benny Butcher show is kind of like that. Like I went to the Benny show, man. It was fucking amazing. Yep. Thank God for them showing up because, honestly, like you said, you're like, I felt like I was the only one that was doing it. Them showing up pulled in the younger group. Absolutely. And for them to see it from that perspective, you've seen it from. Because I remember the day that hit me, like the difference in understanding yeah. it. Like, I literally remember the moment where I was like, man. Some of the shit I'm listening to is in hip hop. I mean, obviously, you know what like I'm saying? Black Marcy, I think, gets the credit for like bringing that shit, that style, like back into the like underground forefront. But like Griselda and them, like when they signed to Shady, like they were on Jimmy Fallon and shit doing performances. Yeah, that like, popularity was huge for the yeah, game. That style of hip hop hadn't been on the map like that. Man, it's so crazy that uh, I tell you what changed me musically. Period was Cannabis verse on Beast from the East, which was must have been '97 off the Love, Peace, and Nappiness album. He killed it for 50 bars. And after that, I mean, I was, I, I liked all music and shit. I was heavy in the No Limit, heavy in the everything. But like after that, and DMX too, like I loved everything. But as soon as that hit, something different went off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but you remember that moment when you, hit, like, when you, the understanding of something in your head I'm goes like, forward. Yo, he is saying some shit that this is different and this is what I like. Yep. And it ain't never been the same. I'm, I'm still gonna love some of the shit we grew up on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You respect it for what it is, but I'm like, yo, this shit, what they do, what you doing with words? Yep. Oh, that's some different shit. And I'm that's is is different. That was definitely '97. Um, two different times I ordered 12 CDs out of that magazine for one dollar, <laughs> and that was one. Did that you I ever got pay once. a dollar? No. My dad, we used to be cool with it. He would tell me, he'd be like, just go ahead and order it. And then what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to call and I'm going to freak out and tell them they, they did an order with an underage kid. <laughs> and he helped me. Mm. That's good parenting right there. Yeah. That's all you are, who you are right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, help me we do that kids shit. And we used to order all them videos on the box. Oh, man. Get the, get the phone bill. You're showing your age, Pat. Yeah, you You're get the phone your bill. You get your ass busted. <laughs> you know all right. Whose man's is this? All right. Listen. Um. Somebody earned this whose man's is this this week, dog. Um, I will. What if you're not going with what I think you're going with? I would also like to interject on whose man's is this. Um, I'm going with a gentleman um, who's fucking walling. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, a kid stole. <laughs> he stole a, a, a truck. Um, like a pickup truck? Yeah, he stole a pickup truck. He happened to steal a stolen pickup truck. Okay. <laughs> and drove through Howell in a stolen pickup truck. Howell? Yeah. Michigan? Yeah. What the fuck? That's so, just changing hands. <laughs> <laughs> he stole a truck, and then that truck ended up being stolen from uh, the 
what's the 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 the, the, the plan out there on fifteen and Van Dyke? Like you <laughs> got the plan? worst, yeah. like the worst like luck a, ever. It's, it's like a Ford plan, isn't it? No, that's the uh, the, the, the the Chrysler. Yeah, the Chrysler. Yeah, plan. Chrysler plan. No, that's a Dodge plan. You're right. So the yeah. first guy that stole it had to figure out what to do because somebody stole his stolen car. <laughs> yeah, and he just rolled up in the in the police. I it was the I got the audio, but I'm not gonna play it. Like it was the weirdest shit, fucking ever. Like fam, you stole a stolen car, and, th- and then of all places, you figure. I'm just gonna roll through how and 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 how old Michigan. Whose yeah. man's is this? Never go you, to Michigan. De- you deserve what whatever they did to you. You deserve. I would never go to. Hey, do, the, Michigan. do both people go in for court for the same case? Like, at, you know I don't, how I don't know work? where you got this car from, officer. He stole it. Yup. First guy. <laughs> I was trying to help you guys and get it back to you. No. Yeah, he said he uh, he admitted to knowing that the vehicle was stolen. While the plates was from a a vehicle stolen in Detroit, deputies say it appears that the pickup was stolen from a manufacturer lot in Sterling Heights on an unknown date. So you stole this car from this. Maybe you like a you like somebody who robbed drug dealers. You you did a you did wait from a manufacturer's lot. So what? Somebody was gonna put it in like a lot and try no, to no no. That's been a thing that like they stealing off. It's like they they caught five got, guys. Yeah, yeah they caught the guys. They they break onto the Chrysler lot where they're producing the new cars yeah. steal and steal the them off the new. lot. That's all. Brand new. Damn. Yeah. So, but this is the thing about it. I know somebody that works at the plant. He was like, it's not a big deal. It goes on all the time. Yeah. He said they they steal 10 to 15 cars off the lot every fucking month. Wow. I'm like, dog, this is a full scale street Put operation. Well, I, I almost truck. forgot when I worked at a security job, I was at Ford. There was a spot over there that in Dearborn where they had cars where they did that there. But that was like that lot was gone when I got there. But I heard people talking about how cars would get stolen. That shit is crazy. They said all of a sudden you just see three people go <laughs> flying out the parking lot. Not even just one guy. Like it was like a group of people. They just who knows how they got there when they got dropped off. But all three of them are in the car out of here. <laughs> no ideas original. Look, I wanted to give a who's man's in this. Who's man's in them. Whose man's is this? That's the name of it. To Young Thug's homeboy. Oh, yeah. Thug was sitting in court. You walk up on him in the middle of trial and pa- and try to pass him drugs. Conspiracy. <laughs> what? They said they got him on a video, right? I didn't even hear about that. It, a, it is on video. Passed him a perk. It's a conspiracy. Are wow. you kidding me? Yeah. What's the conspiracy? I want to hear this one. The Jay. government sent him to give him a dap and chill, put the head. Put chill, put, chill out, bro. No, chill out. I mean, he figured he'd never come home, man. He's trying to get high. Yeah. Man ain't never come yeah, home. Yeah, So point. I sent my boy to jail, too? Right. Should have just pulled his head back, put it in there, dump what? it down there so he can swallow it real quick, then, because you ain't getting too far right there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, the, the crazy thing about it is, is like, look, Thug was the leader. He was the leader. He was the one calling shots for you dummies. This is a. This yeah, is he's like the Godfather in a dress and shit. Because all them guys painting his nails, fucking putting out hits. Well, well, all all of them are taking plea deals. They're not dummies in that area. Twenty-eight people got arrested. Fourteen have taken pleas, and they're not in jail. That's fucked. Now, yeah, granted, Gutta got out right. So you know what's real fucked up? Like if you ain't take that plea deal quick, what's so crazy is they they took a plea deal, but all of them got like. Anywhere years between probation. six to fifteen years probation. All y'all, it's impossible for you to. <laughs> it's impossible for you to live six years with like you know, with no police interaction, with no police all. contact. Not that you did a crime. Yeah, they just police e- contact. They just extended the sentence. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll see you later. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you later. When you buy some illegal street drugs and get pulled over because you made a rolling stop. Man, they did some shit I didn't even think was possible. They gave somebody a 30-year probation. Like, how do you do that? Damn. 30 years? Like, I didn't even know that was a <laughs> what's legal. The, what's the jail term at that point? Like, I, 30 Basic. years probation as opposed to going to jail for... Yeah, that's, Puerto Rico, that seems which is going to be. But listen, though, think about years. the money. If you're on probation for thirty years, and probation you're for fees test, every fucking, fucking month. Yeah, man, the yeah. gas. Like, yeah, you, I might. How do you fight that? Like, I don't know. You well, it's but it's a plea deal. So it's like we can put you in prison, or you can tell on you thugs, sure you and we'll give that. you, or we'll give you. Because you, you can, can get 28 years in prison. It's worse than a record deal. Damn. Can, it's it's the worst possible deal yeah, you can you're going, get. You're going to work at fucking Kmart or something. You're not paying a probation forever. You can't show your face no more. Yeah. That. <laughs> it's, the it's the worst fucking deal ever. I mean, I don't know. Meek Mill's been on probation, I feel like, for fucking 10 years. But like, not for snitching. Yeah, so, like, he's on some different shit. Like, he's but, finally he's off, like, but I didn't, because I was like, oh, how is he? I'm like, how are you on probation for 10 years? But it he was kept breaking it, I think. And then, like, they, yeah, like, they was always threatening to send him back. Yeah, yeah, like dumb shit that most people wouldn't get. You got to live your, but, but I mean, even in, if you get probation for, let's say, five years, you're really living your life on fucking eggshells. Because yeah. Yeah. Liter- like, literally, if the police pull you over, because. Well, look at, I know where you live at. There's no way you can stay out of trouble. Somebody, for five years? Somebody, one year is fucking rough. Somebody you in your state, neighborhood you is going to come over your house with a gun and you're going to prison. And we're going to send him, actually. We're going to send your man's over there. And then as soon as he pulls up, whoop, whoop. Hey, what are you guys doing? I mean, a probate your probation officer can pull up on you at any time. Nah, that's pure hell, my dog. Yeah, it is. That's pure hell. Um, Would you guys call that segment? Whose man's is this? Because you know when you out somewhere tripping? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe, maybe you get too drunk tonight, Pat. Yeah. And you're you're wilding at the bar. <laughs> you're wilding. You're pushing shit over. Those are the good old days. <laughs> you know, you're stomping on feet. And like, whose man's is this? Yeah. Now listen. He came with y'all too. So the segment originally started because I asked the question is when somebody says whose man's is this, who's at fault? The guy who's wilding out or the guy that brought who brung him? him? Uh, like who is the the guy, I was watching a uh, stand-up thing the other day, and somebody was talking about a scenario like that where they went to like an album release party with their friend, and their friend was just like wiling out and doing some out-of-pocket shit, and the bouncer was like, is this your buddy? And he was like, no, dude, like I vouched for you. I fucking brought you to this event as my plus one, and you're fucking, you're not, no, I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he basically was like, whose man is this? I right. thought that was a good way to look I, at I've it. I've been an embarrassing plus one man. at a wedding. Listen. At a wedding, <coughs> open bar, open bar. You get what you get, when the liquor is free, Man. and I just was not, I was not drinking, <laughs> I was not drinking in a, and I wasn't rationing my drinks out. Who am I to judge? <laughs> my nigga who want to judge? My nigga. Listen, listen, I'm Indian and Irish, man. So when I used to get down, man, that's why. Oof. You just you just keep going, yeah. and and now I'm embarrassing somebody that bought me here as a guest. Yep. So when somebody be like, hey, yo, whose man is this? Like, oh, fuck. I've never done that, but I've had it done so many times, and it's yeah. always drinking. Yeah. Yo, Pat, before we play the Benny music, it's something I wanted to ask you, because be- beyond being involved in Detroit hip-hop history, mm-hmm. you got some hoop history in the city. Oh, yeah. yeah. And at you, back in your day, you played in the paint with some big, with some heavy hitters around the city. Yeah, man. Um, well, actually, I grew up in Dearborn Heights, played in Dearborn Heights, and uh, we had... Two coaches come from Chadsey to Dearborn Heights in 94, uh, Vic Bichard and Morris Blackwell. Um, they're Detroit PSL legends. And, uh, 
you know, I played AAU growing up when it first, AAU first started, you know what I mean? So you when know, it was still pure. Yeah. When it was still pure and you actually had to be good to play. Right. You know I mean, and, uh, you know, you played against inner city, inner city teams and stuff. But then when they came along, you know, our first scrimmage was against country day when they had Battier, mm. and, like both the uh, Weber's brothers, you know what I mean? And then we went to Kobo and, uh, I had like Robert Tractor Trailer drop step dunk on me mm. thirteen times in a row. Yeah. He was uh he was like six eleven, like three fifty. I was six six, a buck seventy. You changed your last name to trailer. <laughs> well, the thing is I had like a forty three inch vert mm. I was fourteen. So I could I was getting up there with him. Yeah. Man, it was just too much too much like in He's the, a tractor you said, trailer. You said this is in what, ninety ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. So well, he graduated, I think, 96. Yeah, 96, yeah. So, I mean, he a junior, you in your freshman year, yep. like, this is literally a man yep. versus a child. Yep. He was also five inches shorter and 150 pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so that was that was an experience. And then, you know, I, I got to play uh, St. Cecilia's a few summers, and that was just incredible, especially, like, staying after and getting to watch the pro league with, like, George Gervin and Isaiah and all the Pistons and shit down there and Jalen, you know what I mean? Um so yeah, played a lot of Gus Macker tournaments, probably over a hundred. Um, you know, that's a name you don't really hear anymore. Nope, the Gus nope. Macker tournament. Well, I used to go just for the dunk contest, man, and I'd win five five thousand bucks every Sunday. You know what I mean? And uh, that's a nice little hustle. Yeah, for so sure. <laughs> yeah, five, you get five grand from that shit. Yeah, back in the days, yo. But yeah, so I got to play with them, and then Rashad Phillips, mm. the greatest point guard of all Legend. time to me, man. Legend. I watched him. Um, yeah, yo, Rashad Phillips was on the cover of the Yellow Pages, my G. <laughs> I remember that. You know what the Yellow Pages are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was some good hooping going young. on off Six Mile. I don't know if y'all seen that TikTok going around, but yeah. they asking people questions. They yep. was like, what are the Yellow and Pages? they don't know what it is. It yeah. was like... Was it something about the Constitution? I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that girl's like, like 16 or something. She's yeah. asking her. She's like, I don't know. what. She's like acting like it's a stupid-ass question. Like, it's not the federal papers. It's not like. <laughs> Look, man, my, my mom used to keep the, used to get the phone books yearly. I used to deliver them. <laughs> that was like a good hustle. You could make well, like a life, quick my 200 bucks. Them or got paid to deliver them, but we were just in the bed of the truck literally actually them delivering them. So yeah. she got the money. We got she the got money. She, get, <laughs> she oh, got yeah, Diddy used to do that the yellow pages. People would be in the back of a truck yep. and they would throw them. I it forgot about that. My mm -hmm. mom would keep wow. the yellow pages for years. Like we would just, there was a cabinet in the kitchen where all the yellow pages and the white pages were wow. in case you needed to call something. We yeah. had a uh, closet walking in from upstairs. From the side door where you walk in upstairs, and that's really all that was up top was a bunch of fucking yellow pages. Front door, the closet right by the front door, that's where they was at, all the yellow pages. And the white pages. Listen, I still <laughs> got a phone book, man. I got a phone book. Like a like a phone book. Shit, really. That's yeah, a lost art. Need yep. that shit in real life. <laughs> that's a lost art. We owe, man. Yep. We owe. Remember being in like fifth or sixth grade, I'd go look up kids from like third grade that disappeared from my school. I've like, <laughs> seen him in three years. Man, where is he? If you look in there, look, looking for his last name. So Nothing. look, at the end of the show, we always like to open it up for our guests. Look, tell people your socials, where they can find you, if they want to work with you, they want to find your music. This is your opportunity. Isaac, I'm going to let you go first and we'll move around the table. All right. Uh, you can find me at IsaacCaster.net. That's I-S-A-A-C-C-A-S. T-O-R Like Castor Oil Dot net uh, Instagram is Mr. Castor uh, Twitter Isaac Castor Facebook YouTube Just Google me Foulmouth313 At Instagram uh, Twitter Foulmouth on Facebook 
That's really it, I think. Um, just Google File Mile 313. That'll bring up everything. File Mile 313 at Bandcamp. Just keep the 313 on there and you'll find me anywhere. Hit me up. Come grab some beats. I've got about a couple thousand of them, so come do that. Uh, Pat313, Pat underscore 313 at Instagram. Um, I also write at DetroitRap.com, so you can go to DetroitRap.com and see all the best hip-hop, R&B, and street rap from the city. Um, I also work for a company called Pro Sound Media, um, you know, publishing and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, Pat313 on everything. That's what's up. It's your man, Dame, three underscores, 313 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. At me, talk to me, I talk back. When you see that blue and the black, you know where you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast. Uh-oh. Shout out to our guests for coming through. Make yeah, sure y'all appreciate listen. Appreciate y'all. Thank you guys, guys, man. Appreciate it. Make sure February 3rd, y'all go get the the projects. We'll have the links and everything uh, in our uh, in the show notes. And Yo, Isaac said one thing I don't want to glaze over. He gave his website information. Purchase the art from the artist. Yeah, we're going to have vinyl on there. Uh, there you go. Hopefully, like, maybe a month. Uh, CDs are on the way. T-shirts, all that shit. So, and yeah. you can get all that February 4th at the Old Miami at the release party. Yeah, Come fuck with us. It's going to be crazy. 4th, February 4th, Old Miami. Okay, we got, we got uh, Novelist and Hero, um, Dango Four Lane, um, Fat Father. We got Book Brown. Um... Sam, be yourself. Catch P, Gypsy, uh, and us. Ronnie, yeah, and us. Sound like we in there? Yeah, we in there for sure. Yeah, please come out. Uh, so shout out to y'all. We'll be up in there. Um, shout out to y'all for fucking with us. Three hundred and fifty-three episodes in a row. Listen, man, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast. I'm wearing blue and black shoes too. Believe it or not. There you go. There you go. Came in uniform. When you see the blue and the black, you know you at Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jay and Dang. Hell yeah. Peace. Peace.